0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, everyone. Welcome back to a very special episode of Friends from Work, a podcast about all things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that's hosted by me, Kyle And my friend, Robbie, who I am sitting directly next to for the first time on this podcast, but also the first time in seven years is what we've gotten to the bottom. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. wow.
0: Which is just too long, but here we are.
1: Yeah, here we are looking out at the Austin skyline. Unbelievable.
0: Our first ever live podcast from a Marriott this time. So hey, Marriott, I'm open for sponsorships like I <laughs> said last time. This is a, we have an unbelievable view. We are downtown Austin looking yeah. at the actual skyline, looking at each other's beautiful faces. This it's is, so nice.
1: There's so much going on, guys, I can't even tell we're you. We're basking right? in the glow of of Black Widow and Unbelievable. Oh my gosh.
0: Unbelievable, which is what we're here to talk about today, but yep. there's so much else still going on too. That's true. We are reunited. As we said, (laughs) Robbie and I are going to get into some trouble today. But if you're listening to this, it's a week after that. So I'm sure we'll fill you in on some of the developments. Which
1: is a great way to say, again, that if you're not following us on social media, that's where a lot of this stuff happens. We actually did a little live stream uh, right right after we walked out of the theater last night. No spoilers, obviously, just kind of instant reactions. So if you uh, missed that, that's still posted up on the feed. Um, and there's all kinds of other stuff going on there in terms of week to week. So be sure to follow us at the FFW Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff.
0: We do have to give a couple of non-paid shout outs here. First mm-hmm. of all, the Alamo Draft House. Yeah. In Austin, I guess, like South Austin. Where were yeah, we, South, wherever we? were
1: Yeah, the South Lamar Alamo Draft House.
0: Was amazing. I've never mm-hmm. been there. That's your kind of home theater-ish. Yeah. But not only was the experience so cool, the food's actually legitimately really good.
1: Yeah, I was so glad Kyle got a milkshake. I was hoping you would get a milkshake because what what flavor did you get by the way? Now
0: one of our I got strawberry. Nice. One of our listeners says I have to get the cookies that they're apparently unbelievable. Oh, the
1: cookies are great. Which I didn't. I've got a friend. I I should have told you that. I've got a friend that will. um, He'll always get like. You know, there's, like, 40 minutes left in the movie, and he'll do, like, a decaf little coffee, oh, like a French press. Like a and pick then, me up. Yeah, and then, like, uh like they, they come out with the cookie, the hot cookies with it. So it's, like, it's a nice little, you know, <laughs> And yourself. for
0: those of you who don't follow us on social media, we have to share a little bit of a funny story. I was coming from work, so my flight was already <laughs> going to be close. But we got delayed and pushed it really close yeah we did and so robbie and i were kind of panicking like are you kidding me after all of this i'm gonna miss the showing and so i think we were supposed to be there at 5:45, is what it said and you mm-hmm. picked me up from the airport at like 5 43 or something <laughs> like that's when i was in the car right and we were 20 minutes away so we called ahead we told them that we we're gonna be late we rushed in there robbie went to park i took his id to like go do this <laughs> we've never done this before um and we we get in there and there's two guys waiting and I said hey I'm I'm Kyle I'm here um sorry we're late and he's like oh you're not late uh it doesn't actually start till 6 you're totally good. He's like were you the one that called? I'm like yeah. And he goes oh we were just going to hold the movie until you got here no worries like we had called the studio to check <laughs> that that was okay. <laughs> and I was like wait what? So <laughs> Uh, right off the bat we felt like kings. Yeah. Well, let's just call a space a And He's like, "Oh, there's water over here, there's a full menu available, choose whatever seat you like and we'll start it when you're in there." I'm like, "Okay. Wow." Yeah. And then so the the experience did not disappoint.
1: And and there were like 20 people. Like yeah, 15. legitimately just I heard members them on of the way press. Out. 15, man. That's crazy. Cuz I, I I like I asked him if we had assigned seats and he was like, "Oh, no, I mean, you don't need to." And there was literally like a person or two per row. So we got to sit at like dead center of the theater. I mean, it was, it was just top, like top notch, top to bottom.
0: So not only are we reunited, not only is the Marriott deserving of a shout out because this room is dope, the theater experience top notch,
1: the movie itself, man, was
0: pretty incredible. Okay. Hold on. We'll get there in a second. We'll get there in a second. One last tidbit to share that I thought you would, you would find, uh, fun on my flight, for some reason, I've been flying a lot the last couple weeks, and so I've watched a lot of random movies. Mm-hmm. First of all, I watched Zombieland for the first time ever. For the first time ever? First time ever. Totally not a zombie guy.
1: Oh, man.
0: It was incredible. <laughs> that movie's so good. I laughed so many times. Yeah. Like, I don't like gore, but it was funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. Spoiler,
0: because it's been out forever. But, like, the Bill Murray thing yeah. I didn't know about <laughs> was so funny. There's so many funny points. But the second thing I watched was Woman in the Window which is a Netflix thing with Amy Adams. I've seen it's okay. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've seen it. So Candace was wanting to watch that for so, so long. And that was one of those that got like pushed back a lot. via. Like I, I remember seeing previews to that movie in theaters like pre-COVID. Uh, and so, yeah, we finally watched it a couple weeks ago. It's okay. Yeah, it, it started strong, I thought, and then got sort of...
0: But it's weird. um, it's Amy Adams and Gary Oldman, and I think it's based off a book, but here's why I found it notable. Did you realize that both Captain Americas are in there? Her tenant is Wyatt Russell. I did think that about that. And then her husband is Anthony right. Mackie.
1: That's and right. And so now
0: I'm watching this in context of Falcon Winter, and Winter Soldier. And I'm like, what the heck? Right. The fake Cap and the real Cap are there.
1: I, I flagged that to Candace because I was like, wow, I bet... Because I'm assuming this was filmed prior to Falcon Winter Soldier or at least, or maybe around the same time. So I was like, well, that's kind of fun. I'm like Anthony Mackie and Wyatt Russell, although they never interact in the movie. But Right.
0: But now I'm kind of thinking, is, is Chris Evans going to show up here and <laughs> just make a perfect trio? Man. So that was my life for the last two weeks. But none of that matters because I am finally here in person with Robbie watching Black Widow. And hopefully this becomes a thing. We said this on our Instagram Live last night. Hopefully this becomes a little bit of a tradition. You never mm-hmm. know. You never know, man.
1: I mean, we yeah, we talked to the folks last night. They're they're planning these things for future films. We got as we've said, there's a lot coming out still this year. We have Shang Chi in theaters. We have the Eternals, and then we have Spider Man No Way Home, um, which by the time this releases, maybe there's a trailer out for. I know the internet's getting crazy for that. Um, so fingers crossed there. But yeah, hopefully we have a lot, lot more opportunities to do these little exchange programs.
0: True, I didn't think about that. We just got a full length trailer for Shang Chi, mm-hmm. and we've had the teaser for Eternals, which is in right. November. So we're getting dangerously close to needing a teaser.
1: Yeah, for yeah. Spider Man. The crazy thing about Spider Man is, I mean, can you think of any other MCU film that's ended on as much of a cliffhanger as that ended on, and at least like with the post credits? The post credit. I don't know that I can. I mean, like, they always tease something. I mean, maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp, but we knew exactly what that was leading into, right, because of the way that that came out.
0: Ant-Man and the Wasp was a massive cliffhanger with the
1: dusting, but
0: you're right, we already knew the dustings.
1: Right. So, I mean, it was the biggest – I mean, there was the cliffhanger of how is Scott going to get out for sure. Yeah, true,
0: true. It wasn't as much of a cliffhanger because, we, yeah, we already knew it.
1: Good point. It's just – the reason I say that is it's so weird – The like, so Black Widow has been on the horizon forever. But as you know, the strange thing there is it was released after Endgame, and everyone sort of knew what was what had happened to Natasha, so it was less of a like, what's gonna happen, and more of a just like, we want to see more Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. But like, really, the MCU left off with Far From Home in July of 2019. And since then, we've just gotten nothing. And that was just the wildest way to end a movie. And then there were so many kind of crazy rumors around that movie that I just, yeah, I'm really curious for, like, any news out of that project. Any real news that's not just, like, rumors about Tobey Maguire hanging out with Andrew Garfield.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's why we always talk about our concern because you're reminding me, yeah, the the cliffhanger is, oh, no, his identity is revealed. right. And I don't want to lose that a little bit. Right. You know, I love the multiverse thing, but I kind of hope that the movie centers still a little bit on that Peter Parker core. Um, Also, that made me think about, yeah, we're in the theater last night and we leaned over to each other and we're like, this is the first Marvel movie. Well, this is not only the first Marvel movie we're watching together, but it's the first Marvel movie you and I have gone to the theaters to see in almost exactly two calendar years. July two. Um, if you're listening to this, it might actually be right about that time, but it's been about two years since we have been in there. So that, I mean, that adds to the experience because it just felt good to be back to like watch a movie with friends and eat food. And
1: And it's such a fun, like if you were in a position, like if you're vaccinated, if you feel like you can safely go to a theater, this, this movie is such a, like, I I feel like it, it needs to be seen on a big screen because. The action sequences are so beautifully done. Like, it really does feel like... I'm a big fan of the Mission Impossible films, especially the some of the later ones. Um, and it felt like that. Like, we talked about that last night. Like, it feels like like the action is so well done, and it needs to be... Like, I mean, the, the stunt work is incredible. Like, that's something we talk about in our episode with Desmond, that, like, that needs more... Of a highlight and and here like you leaned over because she's Scarlett Johansson has had the same um, yes I did stunt double that. since Iron Man two right. I
0: just made the comment that her and her stunt double at this point the action feels so natural with her almost more than any other character as far as like her fighting looks legitimate looks real and right. like whatever it cu- whenever it does cut to her face. I'm believing it's Scarlett doing it. Right. So
1: they just have got that down perfectly at this point. It it was wild, though, talking about Far From Home, because I realized um, the last time, like I, I remember going to see Far From Home in theaters, and Candace was out of town, so I went by myself, which I never mind doing. Going to the movies alone can actually be pretty fun. Sure. So, But I remember going, and because I was by myself, I called you because I think we saw it, Almost simultaneously, like the same. I mean, I think like it was the first showing on that Thursday night or whatever Um, and talking on the way home. And I remember one of us made a comment where it was like, these are the kinds of conversations we could be having if we had a podcast because it was just like barely in the baby steps of being something where like I don't even think I had bought a microphone yet we were just trying to figure and i was about to head over to france so we were like how are we going to do this if i'm going to be cuz we laughed like not only were we starting a podcast whenever the last marvel movie had come out for a bit but we were also starting a podcast when i was about to go like live in another country right for right like six right <laughs>
0: That's right about then because I think we released our first episode in September of that year. So it was about July or August that we started, yeah, having those conversations. Wild to think about. Crazy where it's come. Yeah, look at that. um, I was going to say on the Black Widow front before we dive into breaking it down, I was going to add, I wonder if Disney had a do-over if they would redo the entire release of this film. Hmm. And here's what I mean obviously they got thrown a huge curveball because they were building up momentum for it coming out in hype Mm -hmm. and then everything shut down. They couldn't do it, so they delayed it and they delayed it again. They delayed it again. Mm -hmm. Finally, I felt like they were just saying we have to get it out at this point. Like at some point we can't delay it five years, otherwise it won't be effective. But I wonder if, A, would this have been better to not put out right in the middle of Loki because you already have a million people a week or whatever following something. Right. First of all. Like, does it steal attention from one? Maybe they're thinking the two kind of add up. But Mm -hmm. I wonder, like, could they have put this out in three weeks just after Loki's finished, capitalized on people watching that show, get them back to theater? And then I wonder if they would redo the uh, premium access, being able to buy it for thirty dollars Now, I have no idea how it's going to go financially, what the ratio is going to be of theaters to people at home. But... The movie is good enough and so good that I could see it being – apparently it's already tracking for a $90 million opening weekend.
1: I saw that. Which
0: is not pre-pandemic numbers. Right. But I think everybody would be really happy with. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you didn't have the option to watch it at home, if that number would actually be in the hundreds of millions, which is right on par with what anyone would hope for. Yeah. Um, And I've heard one of our listeners told me that this already is kind of a one-time thing, that they're not planning on doing this already by Shang-Chi.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Which I haven't had that confirmed. So, Uh you know, don't hold me to that. But my point is, it'll just be interesting to see if they end up going back to just theaters for a while. Because also, by the way, when Endgame was out and Spider-Man was out, they didn't have their own platform. Right, like we're getting this right. new era where right. the movie studios that are coming out with a movie mm-hmm. have their own platform for streaming. So right. does that mean that they get it to streaming now always faster than we used to have? Like it used to be that the movie mm-hmm. would come out and the DVD wouldn't come out until a year later.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was like a year.
0: And now I wonder if they're going to go more to like a hey, it's theaters for sixty days, mm-hmm. and then you can watch it on our platform exclusively.
1: This is a dumb question that I just don't know the answer to because I've never done the the Disney plus premium purchase thing. Um, when you pay that $30, do you have the movie now like forever? Or is it just like you, like an Amazon rental? You have it for like two days or something.
0: Oh gosh. Don't quote me on this. Listeners can definitely help with this. When I bought Mulan, uh-huh. I think you only have it for a certain amount of time. You don't own it. Okay. It's like they're using it as a replacement for going to the theater right. where you'd pay a fifteen dollars. That ticket. makes
1: sense. Because I guess I, I I think the idea being if you, especially if you are a family, then it's like you know four tickets. That's about
0: it's cheaper, right? It'd be cheaper to watch at home if you had four people. Yeah, with two of us, fifteen dollars. Well, we go to IMAX anyways, so right. <laughs> probably, but, but yeah,
1: yeah. I I will say, I mean, I, we just I just said this in terms of the action, but also like if you are in a position where you feel comfortable going to a theater, please go to a theater just for the sake of the theater industry, because it is such a, it like even being there last night versus like as much as we loved WandaVision and like the excitement of that and the immersion of that. And as much as like, I loved, especially like that first episode of Loki, it's just a different thing. Like it's a different, like there's a different magic when you're in a theater with other people and you're experiencing it in that way, like all collectively. And I really would hate if that were to go away and we were to move, like Kyle and I talked about this through the entire pandemic. Cause it's just like, it's such a, like, it's such a unique part of our, of our culture that I don't want to, I don't want to lose that to just another kind of like individualized, separate, like isolated Mm. thing of like, no, we're just going to all watch it on our, Oh, we like, you know, it's like, well, I have such a big screen at home. I'll just watch all this stuff by myself. And I just think there's a loss there collectively. And, and so again, if you can like, please support your local theaters there.
0: And so guys on that note, in an effort to get people back into movie theaters so they can experience black widow, like we did, we are partnering with Adam tickets, A T O M. If you haven't heard of Adam Tickets before, let me tell you about this. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously love movies. We think Adam Tickets, A-T-O-M, is the best way to go to the movies. Adam Tickets is a movie ticketing app that's super easy to use. You can buy your tickets online through the app, and ahead of time, you can choose your seats and even pre-order concessions at some theaters. How dope is that? If you go to Google and search buying movie tickets, okay, You'll get five different options of how to buy your movie tickets. Why not use Adam? The app itself is incredible. And here's where we want to share this part with you. If you are a new Adam app user and you sign up with the promo code friends from work, you can save $2 off your purchase. So even if you've bought your tickets already for Black Widow, you're probably going to go again. And even if you're not going to go again, then use this friends from work sign-up code for first-time users for some other movie, like Quiet Place
1: 2. The new Fast and the Furious movie is also out. There's tons to see for the first time in a long time. It's just, it's generally exciting to just be getting back safely into movie theaters. And this app makes it easy to get to thousands of theaters across the U.S. So... You can just enter code friends from work. We'll note that here in our show notes in case you forget you shouldn't. It's the title of our podcast, but you enter friends from work to get $2 off your movie ticket on the Atom tickets app.
0: So again, they have iOS and Android apps enter code friends from work to get $2 off your next movie ticket. And we will see you back in the movie theaters terms apply. Okay. So before we dive into our first reactions to Black Widow, which obviously everybody, we cannot give any kind of spoiler of any kind of magnitude. So we're just going to give you our reaction. This is not a review or a plot point. Right. Um,
1: Black Widow dies though,
0: I will say. (laughs) Um, um, Careful. Now Tom Holland (laughs) joked about that that one time. Remember, everyone dies. Or who said that? Hulk That was like his joke in the interview. And then it was like, wait, everyone kind of did that in Infinity War. It's like, hey, careful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I didn't, I guess, live stream it from my pocket, which is a step up Dude, I was
1: (laughs) legitimately nervous about that because we had had Instagram. Like, we did a story right before (laughs) it started. And I was sitting there thinking, like, this is going to be brutal of our friends, and i went back
0: and watched our stories from inside the theater and you can hear in the background uh, it's like the cantina band or something they were doing some kind of star yeah, wars answers, yeah. like do, 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 in the background <laughs> i was like what if in the background had been something important i got to be careful with these things okay i don't want to become mark ruffalo um but we have a fun community question of the week do, 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 do. so this yes. will eventually insert an audio cue everyone okay <laughs> so something fun right there um but I thought this would be a good time to bring up a community question of the week because mm-hmm. it transitions us perfectly into talking about our reactions to Black Widow. Yep. One of the questions we got last night while we were doing an Instagram Live, again, if you don't follow us, at the FFW Podcast. And by the way, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, follow, listen to our podcast, share it with your friends, do all of that stuff. We have a website, theffwpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can buy our shirt there. You can donate to the podcast. And uh, following and listening is the, the best way you can support us. So anyways, but... One of the questions we got last night doing the Instagram Live was where does this movie sit in our rewatch order? Right. Which is something Robbie is very passionate about. Right. Um, And we debated how much we can say, but I think at this point we can say that we think we have a very good spot for it. Yeah. And we can't give any plot points away, but take it away with what you think we should do.
1: So in the general rewatch framework, which you may, you know, my dream, whenever we were... Thinking Black Widow was gonna be coming out in 2020, at one point I like my dream had been for us to actually structure the rewatch this way. Where if we had been able right. to kind of like, you know, make it just so that with that initial Black Widow release would have fallen in between these films. And this is pretty much where it landed. And I'm happy about that. Um we looking at it, I think if anyone wants to kind of do their homework and like blaze through. In our rewatch order, this would slot in right between Black Panther and Spider-Man Homecoming. So that's sort of our Civil War fallout thing, which shouldn't be a huge surprise to anyone because I think that's been known for a bit. So it would be Civil War, Black Panther. Black Widow. Spider-Man Homecoming, Ant-Man and the Wasp.
0: Now, this is actually a part of our rewatch order that we have messed with a little bit in the past. And right. the reason we ultimately set it on this order is because we want Civil War to mm. have more impact. We've said that in this podcast a lot. Every time we add a movie there, it's so that the gap between that mm-hmm. of, oh, the team's torn up, to Infinity War, where you really feel, oh, the team was torn up. That's right. why they, you know, if you just kind of blaze through those movies, you mm-hmm. don't quite get the impact of what happened in Civil War. Right. But every time we add a movie, this one included, hmm it kind of increases the drama around the civil war fallout.
1: And I think and again not to be prisoner of the moment here like you say, but I I think this one more than any other increases the the like it increases the depth of that because if you think about it like I think each of those movies that we have in that little like what was previously a trilogy do that in their own way where Black Panther deals with specifically the aftermath of King T'Chaka's death, which was a big moment in Civil War. Mm-hmm. And then Homecoming deals with a bit of what's going on with Tony post-breakup. And, like, we get the development with him and Pepper there, which is pretty big ahead of Infinity War. And then we get the we get to see what's going on with Spider-Man specifically after. And then prior to this, I always thought one of the reasons I like having Ant-Man and the Wasp there, which is one of the more Some people quibble with that because they still think it should go after Infinity War. But I like it there because that's the one where you really see the consequences because Scott's on house arrest. However, it's still kind of lighthearted. Like, I mean, he's on house arrest, but it's like the joke is that he's, you know, playing his drum kit and everything. This is the only movie of any of those that focuses on like a core Avenger during that. So like if the whole point of Civil War is that the Avengers are no longer a thing we've never gotten a moment with one of those Avengers dealing with that. True. And so that and, – and you felt that. Like, I don't think it's giving anything away to say that, like, Kyle and I were so happy with the number of times – It's a lot. – that this movie references, like, yeah, this situation. And I loved it because it, you feel that. And the other thing for me that we were just talking about is, like, I feel like Natasha's arc starting even back in Iron Man 2 – was really progressing along a certain path. Like, if you think about her, like, if if she's just being introduced there, then she jumps way forward with the way she's—we get to know her in Avengers. And then Winter Soldier is a big film for her. And then Age of Ultron is, like, a hugely emotional thing for her with Bruce, and we find out about her past. And then Civil War, there's so much going on, we didn't get a ton of time with Natasha.
0: And she's not the core emotional driver in that movie at all. Right.
1: Right, and then same with Infinity War. And then obviously she's got a, a really big role in Endgame, but it feels a bit by the time you get to Endgame that you haven't gotten a lot of real development with Natasha since Winter Soldier well, or since Age Well, especially you've had
0: plot development, but especially the emotional connection. Right. Like we love what they do with her in, in Endgame and how right, she right. handles her emotion that way, but it almost feels now in hindsight a little out of place without this story. Yeah, which is yeah. weird. So I'm with you. Which It makes- really enhances it in that way. I almost wonder, though... Well, I can't say... I can't, I can't say... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pausing because I can't say too many spoilers. But I just think it'd be fun to show... If I was showing people the movies the first mm-hmm. time, it'd be fun to show them this movie in that spot.
1: Right. No, for sure. Like, I think that it... It. We've always talked about since our very first episode how, like, when you're doing things like this, the gold standard for us has always been Rogue One. In the yes. Star Wars universe, because that is first off just just one of the best Star Wars movies. Period. Which is maybe a hot take, but yeah, it's is, your favorite. Yeah, yeah. and because it's for a lot of reasons, but one thing it does so well is it enhances a movie that is like one of the classics already, of, almost perfect. Yeah, yes, like of like all of film. Like I mean, the first Star Wars film that you you could be forgiven for thinking would be a sin to even touch right and like why would you even mess with that I remember going in being like oh gosh right like don't do something to Darth Vader that is gonna ruin the canon of Darth Vader right but instead they enhance every like whenever you watch that because I've done a a Star Wars watch where we watch that right before A New Hope and it's perfect it's like those two together are like it makes the original even better and this I think does that so well like with the entire Infinity Saga like if this was intended to have come out earlier and they felt they had to rush along to do Captain Marvel and set up for infinity war and Endgame and whatever else, like I I'm, I'm glad that they circled back. Like I'm glad they didn't just say, well, you know, the story's told. So we're going to kind of move on from Scarlett Johansson. Cause it's like, I, I really think if you let people watch it in that order, uh, they're really going to experience like that character, on a whole new level, which is all you could really ask for from a solo film.
0: And it should just be noted that at this point, Scarlett Johansson's got it down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's so excellent. And mm-hmm. I, I, I do feel like she's been one of these characters that's actually been good and settled into her role from mm-hmm. the get-go. Like I know she's playing the sexy secretary thing that they joke about in Iron Man Two, right. and is not her favorite, and not Marvel's favorite. But even in that role, I never felt like she's out of place. When they go to the donut shop and she double twists. And it's like, from the beginning, she's been settled in. But I'm watching this, and it's just like, you're getting the best Scarlett Johansson. You're getting the Mm -hmm. action Mm -hmm. stuff that you want. But she's also now, at this point, gotten the emotional side so dialed in. Yeah. It just feels so natural.
1: And one thing I was on the lookout for that we've talked about in Loki... Um, which is so crazy because we're kind of in two worlds at the same time right now. Um, but you know, Loki taking place technically with like the 2012 version of Loki and kind of how well they have or haven't nailed that. This is the Civil War
0: version, right? Ish.
1: And you know, we've seen like from I'm sure from her perspective, there's it's got to be somewhat difficult because you know when you're talking about like Falcon Winter Soldier or Wanda Vision, they have the benefit of of being at the end, like, you know, at the furthest point in their story. So they can, like, live with all that history and move forward. Mm. Whereas she went through with, like, Endgame and is sort of, like, tied off that character in this really dramatic and kind of fulfilling way and then has to rewind and get back into the place that her character was, you know, four years prior or whatever, or nine years prior. And... I thought that she did that really, really well. Like, I think, I mean, I need to watch it in the sequence, but thinking about where that character is between Civil War and whenever we meet back up with her in Infinity War, and especially Endgame, I think it was a perfect, like, just talking about her being settled in, like, a a perfect way to portray that.
0: And what's crazy is, I don't want to say that she's Forgotten? She's not in a forgotten av- Avenger. She's not, you know, she's one of the main six. But sometimes I almost forget that she's one of the main six. And right. actually, I think she's technically been in the most films at this point now. I, hmm. d- you have to research that. Don't quote me on that. But I thought I had read that because it's like, let's think. She's been in Iron Man 2. Like, this right. is the difference. She's been in the Iron Man saga, but right. she's also been in the Cap saga. Right. She's in Iron Man 2. She's in Cap 2, Cap 3, all four Avengers movies. yeah which is also different because not every Avengers in each one. Right. Um, And now this.
1: so Yeah, Yeah, that's true. This
0: movie does a really good job of making sure that we don't gloss over
1: the work that
0: Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow as a character has done um, for her and for the MCU. Now what's interesting too is tomorrow we're going to put out a special episode Mm -hmm. where we got a chance to sit down and interview – Kelly Thompson, who is one of the writers on the Black Widow comic run Mm -hmm. and a very notable one at that. And the interview, we were going to put it in an episode, but it was just (laughs) so much fun that we were making it a standalone episode. And man, once you see the movie, Mm -hmm. so much of what we were talking about with her as a character, I was thinking about while I was watching the film. So I think you're going to want to listen to tomorrow's episode too, Mm -hmm. because it really does help get you in like a correct Black Widow mindset. Right. Did you notice that? You gotta like, get your mind right. Yeah, you gotta get your mind right. And Kelly's gonna help you get your mind I,
1: right. I, it's so funny. I was just thinking about that interview because one thing that she talked about is how, like, the Black Widow character has been a favorite, if not since Iron Man 2, at least since the Avengers. I mean, like, I remember the part of me that loves these, um, you know, like, Mondo posters uh, and other kind of, like, alternative movie posters there was like this incredible black widow poster kind of avengers era that was kind of made for the movie that that people were hoping would come out soon and it's just funny to think i mean that's what kelly talks about how it's like Mm. this is a movie that people have been looking for for a long time and so again it's like i think it's really important that it doesn't feel like uh like it's made out of obligation or, like, it's an afterthought, you know, because it could, because it is being made after the saga. The thought. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing that she, like, really participated in. Sp- and, and to be fair to them, I mean, it normally would have come out, you know, less than a year after, uh, or, or a year after Endgame. Um, and now right. it's been this, like, back and back and back. But, yeah, it is, like, I think you, that's a great way of putting it. Like, it, it did a great job of really like really honoring Scarlett Johansson's performance and really honoring Natasha's place within kind of the entire mythology. Okay.
0: So as far as my reactions though, I need people to understand the perspective because I do think it's really important. I know on this podcast, we've talked a lot about how I'm not into comics, so I don't have the history with that. I just have a history with Black Widow as far as the MCU, and at this point, it's a long-running history. But mm-hmm. that that's it. I don't have another preconceived notion. So again, I need people to know that I'm an optimistic person in general, but I'm kind of a skeptical viewer when I go in the first time because I am thinking – it's not that I sit there every day and go, Oh, Marvel's eventually going to mess up and I'm going to catch them. But I do think eventually there's going to be a movie that I'm just like, I don't care as much about. Like that means surely they're going to make one of 50 at some point or a hundred at some point where I go, okay, um, that's just not as much for me. Like I was into Tony and I was into Steve, but you know, and the trailer for this movie does not do it any justice. You and I talked about that the second we walked out of the theater The trailer guy's garbage (laughs) for whoever (laughs) makes this, I'm sorry if you're listening. But I have been so lukewarm on everything Black Widow Mm -hmm. from the second I saw the trailer. Yeah. I have a Marvel podcast, so I don't come on here every day and rip it. But- I have just been really lukewarm about it. My wife knows that. We've gotten to some arguments about it because Mm -hmm. she's been like, you don't know yet. You haven't seen it. And I'm like, I know, but I'm just, the trailer's not doing it for me and I'm nervous with the extra time Mm. and it's a movie that's retrospective. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm like, this might just not be my scene. And um, uh, Natasha is already one of the characters I am a little bit less invested in Mm -hmm. versus some of the other big Avengers. And I just left the theater like, I had so much fun. I left Mm -hmm. feeling like I was just wrong on a lot of it. It really does work. You need to hear that coming from me, not just comic guy. Right. Like, that it really works. And as of right now while we're recording this, we were just looking it up. I was thinking, man, this is going to be another Marvel movie that I think critically and audience score Mm – is going to get in the 80s or 90s again. Mm-hmm. And after we walked out, I, I looked at you and said, like, what am I missing? Like, is there something before I put this review up right. that isn't good and I'm just prisoner of the moment because, you know, we're together right. and right. it's a nice theater and I'm eating good food and, like, it's <laughs> I flew for this and it's fun. But I don't think there is. I just do yeah. think it's genuinely good. I think it's going to fall into that category, which is crazy to say again. You know, we always say, is it top ten? What's crazy is I'm loving so many of the movies. I'm running out of space in the top 10. Like a 12th ranked movie now is becoming like one of my favorite movies. Right.
1: Which is weird to
0: say. So like if I say something's like 12th or something, that's going to sound like, oh, that sucks. But I'm like, no, the top 10 are all elite films. But I think that this is going to go A, in the category of the discussion of best solo films. Mm -hmm. I really do think that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to go in that discussion of, it's just going to fall down to your preference a little bit because it's kind of like Winter Soldier in this way. Mm-hmm. I walked out going, the movie itself, like if I'm just a critic and I'm not invested in the MCU, is pretty close to perfect. Right. There's no chemistry weirdness. Right. There's no plot stuff that doesn't make sense or a uh-huh. huge hole. The acting is superb, not yeah. just from Scarlet, but yeah. also from – a lot of other people, but mainly also Florence Pugh. Yeah, and, is, da-
1: and David Harbour's great as and well. And David, I mean, they're yeah.
0: they're all they're all good. That's why I always say about Marvel, all the side right. characters are good. But but it's really good still. Right. And the action and the visuals are top notch. Yeah. Like the action is like edgier, seat like heart pounding action. Yeah.
1: It's fun. It looks really like the CGI looks really good. Like it looks very like Winter Soldier, y. And then I feel like they tried to do as much. Practically as they could or at least it feels that way
0: and I know we say this a lot, but the music is incredible Yeah, and I need to do more research. You have my word I'm gonna do more research before my actual review episode because whoever did it killed it. Mm-hmm. It's it is like noticeably good, which is a welcomed addition from some of the failure of the early MCU we feel like. Right. Now I feel like since that era again, since that, you know, 2014 mid yeah. tier, you know season 2 type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um not season 2, phase 2. Right. The music's gotten really good. So I say all that to say I left with it exceeding my expectations. Mhm. By a good margin, maybe.
1: Yeah, I was expecting this movie to be good. Like, I, I think that I had enough faith in Scarlet, if nothing else, and, and, the like, the performances that she's turned in to kind of be the core of the movie so that I didn't think it could turn out bad. But I was a little worried that between the timing and between... I mean, everyone's ramping up towards what's the future, right? Like... And we've got these other movies coming out that are so kind of pushing the envelope. Uh, and even like WandaVision and Loki are really pushing the envelope in certain ways that I was like, is this just going to feel like like this kind of way out of place? Like, um, And here's this other movie that we meant to come out with a long time ago. But, right, right, right. And it's just like, so for a lot of reasons, I was just worried that it wasn't going to really do anything that exciting. But even like, as I'm saying all of that, I didn't I I didn't take into account how kind of stylistically bold it would be. Like from the very beginning, there's stuff where you're like, this is different than any other Marvel movie. Like the way that they're doing this. That was one other
0: note I was gonna add. People were asking, oh, is it Winter Soldier? No. Yeah, it's not it's not. Like stylistically, it's more Mission Impossible meets James Bond kind of thing. But also more emotional. And more emotional than Winter Soldier is. Um like, I think if you like Winter Soldier, you'll still probably like this. But mm-hmm. I just mean like, yeah, I was expecting exactly what you're saying. Right. I mean, we looked at each other in the theater and we're like, this is, this is different than we thought yeah. in, in the best way. And so that's why when I, I left a comment for Marvel, which maybe they'll see, who knows, <laughs> I just am continuously blown away. I think I said that they can just kind of redefine the genre mm-hmm. and like push the boundary because you and I are passionate about this. People all the time say, well, that's so Marvel. Or like, right. oh, that's a superhero movie. But it's getting to the point with Marvel where you don't know what that means. Right. Like, if I say it's a superhero movie, you don't know if you're going to get WandaVision, 50s sitcom drama. Mm-hmm. You don't know if you're going to get Gardens of the Galaxy, like, sci-fi comedy right. action. And you don't know if you're going to get something like this, which is, like, Mission Impossible with heart. Yeah. And they're all under the same umbrella of Marvel. But mm-hmm. like we talked about with Kelly, it's amazing – that they can continuously find ways to right. not just run it back. Right. Like this, if there ever was a movie that they could just run back, it's right. this one. It got delayed, it's out of time, and it never feels like that. It's It feels yeah. bold.
1: It feels like right. they're pushing it again somehow. Right. And, and whereas, like, I, I think one of the things I was comparing it to a lot uh, for various reasons was Captain Marvel, because that was the, the other kind of big solo film that's come out recently, period. But it's also the one that was kind of going back in time, right? I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't feel like there are any other MCU films that have come out not really relatively in the timeline. I mean, arguably Guardians Volume 2, but not really in a way that feels like they're slotting it back somewhere. Um, And it's obviously different because Captain Marvel introduced Captain Marvel and Black Widow, like we just said, has been in so many other films. But I will say, like, some of the some of the things that we talked about, and that I, I know a lot of fans have talked about, about Captain Marvel, maybe not always 100% nailing that. Like, I do think it sometimes enhances things. Like, and we talked about that with, like, adding some of the history of Fury and things. But sometimes when I watch it back in our rewatch order, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that this one hundred percent slots in. That it, like, I, I still think that that's the best place for it, like where we have it in our watch order. But don't, I mean, don't, like, question order, <laughs> don't question his order. Don't question his order. But you know, like if you watch that Fury and then you see Fury in like Cap. Well, you've already seen him sort of in Cap One, but you see him in Iron Man. Like, I think it still works, but it's not necessarily like, oh man, this like really enhances. Now
0: we have so much more knowledge about Fury.
1: This makes right. more sense, right? Because it's like the part of the mystery around for you was always kind of what was fun anyway. And so here I would just say like countless times that's done so well. Like there are questions I, like we've watched these movies. I mean, literally countless times. Like I'm not, I, I've watched all of them so many times and there you, were you more than me, probably, for sure, yeah. for sure. But there were questions answered that I never even really had like some connective tissue between Like where things left off in Civil War and where they are again in Infinity War that I had never really thought of as like plot holes or anything that this movie sort of like just kind of very naturally addressed, Um, which is again kind of a Rogue One thing hmm And so, yeah, I just think that people are going to Fixes be- the
0: plot holes. Like, Rogue One fixes right. the plot holes, but also enhances the not plot holes,
1: Right, right.
0: Like, Vader's not a plot hole. Right. But then you get to see Vader just, like, destroying people, and it actually adds a level of terror to right. Vader that you maybe are lacking in the original trilogy, mm-hmm. but you're supposed to have. Like, right. this is a guy who's gone full-blown dark side, and so you get that last, like, two minutes, like, the coolest Vader you've ever seen. right. And he's supposed to be all powerful, you know? And so you never really had that a ton. Right. So in that way, it enhances it. But then you also have the plot holes of, like, how does the Death Star have right. a freaking tunnel that you just blow it up with? Oh, let's say that it was actually planned as an act of rebellion. Right. Makes so much more sense. And there's not the same level of plot holes between Civil War and War. For sure. War For sure. At all.
1: But it still does those things. And And it feels like, to me... <sighs> Like, I, I almost wonder if we're lucky that Endgame came out because everyone like, it, it seems like some of the creators were able to really sit in that. And I, what I would imagine is normally, you know, we've talked some about the production schedules, and I remember whenever we had Matthew Berry on, you know, he talked about, like, how whenever he filmed Endgame, like, Ragnarok was coming out. And I just imagine there's, like, a lot of rush. Like, I know that, like... Uh, you know, for Black Panther. Like, they were filming Black Panther and some of these Infinity War scenes, like, at the same time.
0: They would walk over from right. one studio to the other.
1: So I'm sure it's like, oh, you're doing that? Okay, we're going to have to do this. Or, like, I remember Marcus and McFeely talking about that with Ragnarok. They're like, what the heck are you doing with Thor? Like, we're going to have to, like, figure that out now in Infinity War. And I feel like, had this come out, like, or, you know, for sure, pre game, but even maybe, like... Um, as early as we might have hoped. I don't know that they would have been able to sit with that as much. Like, I don't know how much reworking has been done, but it feels very much like this movie in a way that doesn't feel heavy handed at all is setting up Natasha's in game story really well. Like, right. You know what I mean?
0: I'm listening to you say that. I'm like, that's why the team up top Kevin and his cronies have to have so much care and right. so much meticulous attention to detail to have the things you're saying right. not ever really conflict. Right. This is like another example of it just fits right. seamlessly. There's not much more we can say without right. really you know going into it. Next week we're going to give the full blown review on the actual plot details, but all I, all I want to say is I I do think going in with the expectation we had ended up being beneficial in this mm-hmm. case. There's always going to be like the the end game thing where if you go in with okay, this has got to be the, the right. best move they've ever right. made. they got to land the plane. There's so many different things they got to tie up. Then you can sometimes almost miss the expectation on the first watch because mm-hmm. you were so nervous. So I think there is a benefit sometimes to going in thinking it's going to be For sure. average. But I just have a hard time thinking to myself that any of you guys out there listening are going to dislike it. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to dislike in the movie.
1: If you just I don't, don't if you just are someone that does not at all care about Natasha Romanoff, then maybe you won't like it. Yeah, right. I mean, like, it's if still that's,
0: fun, though. I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, but that that is the thing. Like, it's and maybe we haven't like we haven't said that as much, but it is like there were some funny jokes. Like you and I yeah. laughed like yeah, several true. times, and so that's worth pointing out. And I think a lot of that comes from Florence Pugh, who, like you said, like is, like, she was great in this film. David Harbour was hilarious in this film. And that takes me back, before we wrap up, to what you were saying earlier, where, like, yeah, the way this chemistry was playing out in those trailers and the TV spots Mm. was not working for me. And it made me nervous, because I was like, this is just, like, if this is the core of this, like, these relationships, I was not... Like, I wanted to... I was like, I hope that we don't get that much of it. Like, I hope that we get, like, a lot of... Other Scarlett Johansson stuff because this is not feeling like it's good. And whatever it was, if it was the editing, if it was like pulling things out of context, like that stuff works so well. Like it's, it like now it is kind of the core of the movie in a way that I think is, is like very much satisfying.
0: I can't emphasize how true that is. <laughs> I was so eh on that trailer, right. it's specifically. Dude, even the, the action in the trailer looked a little weird at times. Yeah. And, but, yeah, specifically that dynamic, I was like, oh, gosh, I'm just not buying it. And right. I can't emphasize, I felt totally the opposite. Yeah. I, I was in there, when, like, I feel totally the opposite. So trailer guys should be fired, but <laughs> the Marvel team knows what they're doing right. as and far as yeah, actually making the, the
1: movie. Kate Shortland, I would love to see more of in the MCU, obviously. Like, it, it'll it be curious to see what that might look like moving forward. I don't want to give anything away. But, um the, the other thing I was gonna say on the creative front, and this is my kind of my last piece. Um, I was curious because I saw we Kyle and I both saw these names pop up in the in the credits that I, I hadn't seen. We had heard that Jack Schaefer was on this film. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I was I was gonna say, Sort of similar to what we said about WandaVision, this is a totally, totally different project in almost every way.
0: Jack Schaefer was the creator of WandaVision, just for those who are forgetting what that is. Right, that's true,
1: that's true. We've had a lot of content since then. Um, But, you know, we always said, okay, you may not like what WandaVision's doing. Like, you just may not like the genre. It may be too weird for you, it may be too boring for you, like the sitcom stuff or whatever. But, like, to the extent that you are, like, okay with the direction itself it could not be executed any better like we had always said like this is like there's no there weren't any hiccups right there weren't like oh the acting's bad here oh the writing's bad here like the execution and I feel the same way here and I'm not saying that that's like a totally Jack Schaefer thing because obviously Matt Shackman was big in Vision, Kate Shortland was big here but like I I don't know she's kind of batting two for two at this point
0: Yeah, you start, like, taking tabs of who are those people that you really feel tied to. You know, for me, it was the Rousseau brothers. But Mm -hmm. then as I got to know you, we started throwing in Marcus and McFeely. And you made me – I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, those are the films that I'm also enjoying the writing. But, yeah, I'm kind of now taking mental tabs of, like, okay, I've liked some of the stuff Michael Waldron's done. Mm -hmm. I'm liking what Jack Schaefer's doing. So, like, now in the future, if I see Jack Schaefer, I think I'm going to be like,
1: yes. Yeah. Like, I'm glad. Well. And the other name I, I saw was Eric Pearson, and I, I thought when I saw that— um, I don't know and, who that is. So, you know, having a look, like, whenever we were doing credits on all the rewatch episodes, he has these roles as doing an uncredited rewrite on a lot of MCU films. And we never know what that means, because remember how I said Marcus McFeely had that role on Guardians 1—
0: Oh, yeah, and And, then I don't like Guardians 2 as much.
1: Right, and so you're always like, I don't know how much that impacts. Like, is he coming in and cleaning things up or tightening? But, like, he was on Spider-Man Homecoming. I think he was on uh, one or both of the Ant-Man films. He was on the Avenger, like, I think Infinity War and Endgame.
0: Those are all good dialogue-type movies. Right,
1: but but he's credited as having written, you know, he's not an uncredited rewrite. He's credited as a writer on Ragnarok which is, you know, for me, right. about as high as it gets. And Okay, then he's, interesting. Yeah, so I mean, we need he's to get got to the a good that, Yeah, yeah.
0: It'd be fun to figure out what that means.
1: Maybe we should just have him on the show.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's what I mean by it's kind of fun to now start taking these tallies like that. Right. Okay, well, we got to talk to that guy because I want to know right. what, the, what that means because we're liking what he's doing, apparently. Yeah, that's and, true. you know, it's interesting you bring up the Guardians 2 thing because mm-hmm. the one time he didn't do it is the time that I really – have some qualms with some of the dialogue like exactly that actually at times i've been like it just needed to be like tightened Tightened. up and trimmed up a little bit like
1: yeah it it, it would be fascinating to see what that process looks like and to the extent that that folks could tell us about that
0: well we can't say any more, but i really hope you guys go see it and I mean this seriously. I think you're going to love it, and then when you want to talk about it, we're going to have a podcast next Monday talking about this movie in full review, but Mm -hmm. also on our Slack channel. I think starting July 9 or July 8 at 6 p.m. or whatever, it's going to be fair game for people to start. Spoiling. Yeah, spoiling and talking on there. Now we try to keep our spoilers off this podcast until the episode, and we try to keep the spoilers off our social media pages because you don't have a warning there. Mm-hmm. So I think by Monday, we'll probably start having some spoil. Well, even, we'll have to talk about that, Rob, because even some of the movies, we've never covered a live right. movie before. Right. So how much time do we give people on our Instagram before they can yeah. jump in there? But Slack channel will be safe uh-huh. for spoiling. Unsafe if you're trying to avoid spoilers. Right,
1: and, and we might even, as of right now, there is a Black Widow channel that you can go to and kind of, exchange theories and hype up with other folks like the Slack channel has been growing. It's, it's become a really fun part of this Mm -hmm. whole process. And so if you're listening and you're not on, you know, we've got a couple days until Black Widow, that'll be a really fun place for you to go. I know we have a lot of folks there in the Slack that have just expressed that, that, you know, the same reason they came to the podcast is they don't have a ton of people for whatever reason in their life that they can geek out about Marvel with. And so if that's you, then the Slack is a really fun place to do that with. And the Black Widow channel even now will be a fun spot. We might introduce maybe a Black Widow channel and then a Black Widow spoilers channel. Okay. You know, so that folks can kind of do both in that overlap. But we'll we'll talk about that.
0: So, just for some housekeeping things, this is really important. I want you guys to stay in the loop. Obviously, we talked about Loki last week. That's going to keep continuing on every Thursday until Loki's finished. So, our Loki episodes are coming out on Thursdays. But today was a Black Widow preview. Tomorrow, as we said, you're going to hear from Kelly Thompson. And she talks a lot about the Black Widow comics. But even if you're not a comic person like myself... She gets into it with me. I love yeah, it. I get into yeah. it with her about like the MCU in general. And she has a very fun, healthy, good perspective on it mm-hmm. um, that I think will actually enhance your MCU experience. Yeah. Um. So then that's tomorrow. Wednesday is a new Loki episode. Thursday is our new breakdown of that episode. Guys on Friday, Robbie and I are talking to Natalie Holt. She's the composer from Loki. Just totally yeah. just throwing that out there. So that interview is going to come out probably the following week sometime mm-hmm. so that, they can, that can enhance your Loki stuff, which we're stoked about because, you know, if it goes at all like the Henry Jackman one, we're loving this trend of right. talking to composers. Um,
1: Still working on that Christoph Beck interview.
0: Oh, that's so true. And then we have a Black Widow actual review next Monday. Mm-hmm. And then right away that week, like I said, we probably have some more interviews, and Loki comes out again on that Thursday, and so it's just going to get crazy for a little while, like we Mm -hmm. said on our Instagram last night. If you're not a fan of Friends from Work, this is a bad time for you, (laughs) because you're just getting (laughs) assaulted with stuff. Um, And don't forget, like, stay in touch with us on social media, because, like, while Robbie and I are together, it's been really fun to chat with people, and... Mm -hmm. We did a couple Instagram lives and stuff like that. So at the FFW podcast on all social media fronts, you can join our Slack. The uh, join link is in the show notes below mm-hmm. wherever you're listening to this podcast, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So the show notes there, don't forget, you can get merch the FFW podcast.com slash shop, or you can donate the FFW podcast.com slash donate. And we would very much appreciate that. So that we can continue to keep doing some of these cool things we're doing. Um, yeah, guys, I can't wait for you to see it. It's going to be so much fun. This is going to be a busy week. Stay in touch with friends from work and we'll see you tomorrow, I guess. Yeah. On friends from work.